0: Welcome to Everything Speaks If You Listen with Jen Cobble Works, where we befriend our humanity and the sacred through story, soul questions, and everyday life. I'm your host, Jen Cobble Wilhoyt, and in this episode, we look at the horizon. We look at the wild shape of the sacred and how it bubbles up and asks us to dream beyond our fear. In this episode, you're going to hear a little background noise. I am really sorry. I'm just in a place where there was some folks sneezing, some folks gardening, some dogs scratching, some people walking. I don't think it'll be too distracting, but thanks for bearing with me. All right, enjoy the episode. Hey guys, it's episode 11 of Everything Speaks If You Listen, and we are letting the horizon, the next step, the, the dream, the intention, the future speak to us this week, and we are going to not only listen to that, we're going to listen to anything and everything inside of us that wants to go towards something, This step in the examine, this reflection practice we've been talking about for several weeks now, is all about kind of looking ahead, but it's many, many, many ways of looking ahead that we're going to look at. It's like a multifaceted kind of crystal of what it means to look ahead, and I hope I get to touch on several of them. I really love this step, and It is full of vulnerability, to be honest. Uh, Yeah, I think you might experience some of what I'm talking about when we get into this. I want to pause before we get started too much and just invite you again. If you're curious about this reflection practice, this, um, this daily ritual of inner listening and of connecting, to your humanity, what you're going through, who you are as a person and connecting to what you name as sacred, something with meaning and purpose that you resonate with, and you find connection with and is revelatory and, and creative and healing for you. If you're curious about what this practice looks like on a day to day life, and you want to know more about it, then just listening to this podcast please go check out um, my my newsletter. I will give you the link in the show notes. If you go to my website, JenCobbleWorks.com, you'll see a big button there that's about get my free download. I'm bringing this up because I have something for you. It's a little 10 page illustrated mini book on this practice. It's like a coloring book, It is a how-to, it has some nuanced info in it, and it gives you a little bit of journaling space if you want to try this practice out in in that capacity. And I think that um, getting some of the newsletters, too, will let you feel a connection to a community of people who are seekers and who are yearning and who are longing to um, just find their own understanding of meaning and purpose, and what it means to be alive, and discover the sacred within and without. I think you'll, I think you'll enjoy it. So I'm making that invitation to you. If this is something that resonates, there's more resource for you that I'd love to share. Okay, so I'm going to recap this practice very quickly to orient ourselves in time and space, I guess. Every day or every week or every month or every season on whatever rhythmic cycle feels right for you, we have this invitation to do this practice of the examine, this inner listening, this listening for sacred, this embracing of self, this building of inner ground. And it goes like this. We name something that is really important to us. We name something close to our hearts, something we identify with that feels precious and we would say, hey, I cherish that. That's important to me. We call that gratitude. We look back on our day. We just notice all of the stuff that happened, all of the fullness, the details, the tasks, the context changes, and we make note of our feelings about all of that, our frustration, our heartbreak, our joy, our boredom, our annoyance, our anger, our impatience, our hope. We notice what feelings kind of came up throughout the day as we were living our life. Then we try to get really quiet. We try to, after giving some honor and space to the day of dignifying our human experience with some of our attention, we just get really quiet and we let the moments or the or the parts of the day that are really sticking out or kind of living at high volume, make themselves more known to us. Often it comes in pairs. Often these are things that come with a feeling of great connection and a feeling of real disconnection or disassociation. We make note of these um, louder, more vibrant experiences that we're feeling And we ask ourselves and we ask the sacred when it comes to these two revelations or clarifying moments, hey, is there more wisdom beneath this, beneath this experience, beneath the surface of this moment or this feeling that um, is important for me to know about? And we just sit. We sit and listen to what comes. Sometimes it's some silence. Sometimes what comes to us as insight or information arrives later. But we give pause to let the deeper meaning come up and come through. And then we consider our loose ends. You know, what boundaries need to be kind of reinstated? What self-care needs to be returned to? Were there moments of apology or misunderstanding that need to be attended to? Were there places where we we tripped and fell down and, and we need to pick ourselves back up? We need to ask for a hand up um, where we need to do some repair work in our lives. And this is where we go back a little bit to the taskiness of our life. And I'm going to say one thing I love I just think and love about this practice so much is how it marries or or unifies with great ease, both our intuition and our intellect. There is room for the spectrum of everything in between too in this practice. So there's this pragmatic, practical element to this reflection practice and this deep sacred kind of mystical element as well. And frankly, I mean, I don't think this is exactly a hot take. I think spirituality is like the definition of what is mystical is that it's it meets us in our human flesh in our living day to day context, and shows us both things that are beautiful and practical. I mean, if our spiritual practice doesn't actually serve us, and all it does is pull us away from our humanity and pull us outside of our human experience kind of shunning our human experience and labeling it as bad or lesser. that isn't actually um, in for me a, a, a mystical experience or a spiritual practice that's actually um, something completely different. That's detachment that's perhaps belittlement or judgment it's not spiritual practice spiritual practice in my experience is completely poetic and beautiful and completely practical at the same time always and um, sometimes some practices resonate with us more than others at different seasons of our life totally cool but the examine really always has this practicality kind of day planner-esque aspect to it And this beautifully poetic, rhythmic, cyclical, spiralic dance and song to it as well. And we encountered some of the taskiness, some of the practical bits when we look back on our day and say, hey, this is the stuff that's happened. And there's some tasky bits when we look at the mending and the tending. "Mm, This is where there's been some rupture or disrepair or just hurt feelings that need to be tended to. This next step around intention, what what are you going to next? Like what does the next day offer you? Is 100% practical and tasky, and it's also 100% very ethereal and what-if dreamy. So I invite you to let your own day's experience and your own need in the moment um, guide you through this portion of the exam. If you're doing this practice and you're having a day or a season where you've just really got to check off one thing after another and you really have to go through the motions and get stuff done, we always hope that we can slow down and kind of smell the roses We always want to take that deep cleansing breath and refocus. But the reality is there are times in our lives where we just have to kind of go at a sprint. And engaging with things much below the surface is just not a privilege that we have in that moment. It's not available to us emotionally. It's just not in the cards. So if you get to this step and you think what I'm going to next is let me look at my calendar. I've got a dentist appointment at 9. I hope I get back in time because I have a meeting at 10.30. And then I have to quickly run an errand and go get this thing dropped off and then come back. And I wonder if I can also squeeze in a grocery trip because then right after lunch, I have to wrap up that huge project and I have to go check on my parent or my friend and help them with some things. Like maybe your next step is full of just bam, 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 bam. Different tasks you have to attend to and get completed. It is okay. It is spiritual. It is meaningful. It has merit. It has purpose. It is sacred and beautiful, to be able to name those things that are coming up for you. They aren't less than, just because there doesn't feel like there's a lot of like beauty or magic or poetry or something to that. Just because you're not sitting down and going like, what do I want to do with my life? In this part of the practice, every single time you do it, does not mean that the things you're listing as your intentions of what's next are invalid or just less important they're important they are a part of your life and being able to delineate that you need to address them and give attention to them is a really 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 wonderful gift to give yourself it is lovely to be able to take a pause and just say, this is what's coming on the horizon. This is the stuff I need to deal with. It's a form of preparation. Um, it's it's a form of devotion, kind of. Just like, hey, self, just so you know, this is what's around the corner. Especially when things are so busy for so many of us so often, and we feel really at times, pushed from task to task without any breathing room to take the time to just say, Okay, I see what's coming up next. Let me kind of ready myself for it. Let me pack, provision myself, and pack my supplies for what this next set of tasks is going to be like. Is a really, really beautiful, amazing gift we can give ourselves. There is, um, I just feel like there's so much gorgeous honoring in in simply naming the tasks and appointments and stuff that we have to do. I'm I'm repeating myself here, but I can't stop being delighted at this and being invitational about it. To give ourselves a time and and, um, some moments and some space... To breathe into what is approaching us and what we have to go tackle, is a big deal because even small things we call things we call small things like going to the dentist or taking a walk or attending that meeting or or going to that birthday party or delivering that that um, food to the teacher luncheon or running that errand or giving that presentation at work or. Um, f- finishing some kind of of commitment. Those things sometimes fill us with dread. They can make us feel uh, unsatisfied or bored. They can be challenging. They can uh, rob us of a lot of our energy. They can be kind of exciting precipices of all their own, like maybe this is the first time you're presenting something in a meeting and you're nervous slash excited about it. Whatever it is that you're facing to be able to just pause and say, this is what's coming up for me next, you are giving yourself essentially a little bit of time to say, what do I need to do to be ready for that? You know, do I need to clear my head and try to um, take 10 or 15 minutes before that meeting because I know it can be really contentious? Do I need to make sure I have an uh, extra cup of coffee because it's an incredibly boring meeting that I have to pretend I'm attentive to and at least keep my eyes open for so I need some more tea or coffee in my veins? Um, If you're going to be going to engage with something that you know is making you feel vulnerable or could um, just be challenging. Maybe looking ahead gives you some space and some time to say, what kind of self-care can I do so that I show up to this thing, my whole self, my authentic self, but also um, nourished and protected in in loving ways, so that I can be present to this thing that I have to do, but I'm, I'm not completely um, completely vulnerable to what may be going on. Does that make sense? There is just something beautiful about the preparatory and nourishing moment that we give ourselves by simply looking ahead. I will say that this starts to get into this notion of preparation and preparation as nourishment and and its own devotion gets into an aspect of this step, which is that we are looking towards a horizon. Like, what does tomorrow bring? What is my next step? So it's it's a future gaze and a future posture, but we haven't gotten to that place yet. So There's this implicit understanding in this step that basically asks you, what do you need to bring with you to be ready for that? So there's like resource gathering and like I said, provisioning that we're doing. And when we're doing that, we have this opportunity to ask ourselves internally, what kind of energy... What kind of aspects of myself do I want to bring to these, to these tasks, to this tomorrow horizon? And by that, I mean, look at all of the, the tools that you have as an individual. Look at your personality. Look at your gifts. Look at where you're threadbare and where you need some support. And provision yourself accordingly. Just like if you were packing a car... Um, you might notice one of the the tires is flat. It needs some extra air before you go on the trip. And maybe, like me, you leave water bottles and other stuff sometimes in your car. And so before you go anywhere um, that isn't just an errand, you need to empty some of that stuff out, recycle it, rinse it out, and not have it rattling about. You don't need to bring that with you. So you want to ask yourself... If I have meetings or events from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. tomorrow back to back, what do I need to bring with me? Not just in pack a snack, right? I mean, you're going to need a snack and some water bottles if things are that busy. But like do you need to try to bring with you some patience, some curiosity, some compassion? What what qualities Do you want to be traveling with when you go to the horizon to engage with these activities and tasks and people and and things? That's something that you get to consider in advance. And if you feel like what you need to bring with you is not something that you are well-equipped with naturally, you can ask for some support. In advance, you can say, "Hey, this is tomorrow's going to demand a lot of patience, or it's going to demand a lot of compassion, and it's going to demand a lot of um, understanding and calm." And I'm not somebody who has those skills natively. Can I? Can I ask a friend to come with me? Can I uh, look at some affirmations or some mantras that help? me take a deep breath and and tap into some of these qualities can I think ahead about how I can give myself or ask for from someone else or creatively give myself what I'm going to need for the next day so there's just lots of like built-in um Yeah, resourcing and provisioning and nourishment. When we think about what we're going towards, how do you want to go towards it? With what energy? With what kind of feeling in your body and in your mind and in your heart do you want to go towards these things? What do you need to the best of your understanding to get this stuff accomplished or finished? looking at the pragmatic and letting it letting it be a little bit of a limitation so that we can we can see another aspect of this step i want to i want to say the thing that feels like The big emotional, why am I making a big deal out of something that's not a big deal kind of thing. I want to like make a mountain out of a molehill here. Okay. Sometimes getting our hopes up is the most terrifying, scary, vulnerable thing we can do. And this step asks us to risk getting our hopes up. And I think sometimes we can focus on the practicalities of what is next on our agenda and what is next in our day planner and what is next for us in terms of tasks as a way to very, very quietly and efficiently inoculate ourselves or protect ourselves from a big dreaming space that if we entered into we would could experience a lot of hope, a lot of excitement, and if that stuff didn't happen, didn't come to fruition the way we dreamed it to be, a lot of disappointment and brokenheartedness. And I think that sometimes we can look to what we have to do next in terms of tasks and use it as a way to buffer against dreaming bigger so that we can feel protected from the disappointment and the real grief and heartbreak of getting our hopes up and then having it not come to pass the way we dreamt dreamt. So I'm not trying to harsh on on the practical aspect of saying well I have to do x y and z tomorrow. I'm not trying to dunk on that. That's why I wanted to spend the first 15 minutes or so and looking at this step around intention and what is next with a really, really beautiful lantern light and highlight on how helpful and wonderful it is to just name, these are the pragmatic things I have to get done tomorrow. And this is how I'm going to prepare myself to do them as best as I can, to meet that horizon as best as I can. But... Like we know from consolation and desolation, like we know from just being alive every day, stuff that can start off as feeling really good can, in a different context, feel not so good. And stuff that can start off feeling kind of lousy can end up being like a real gift. We've all experienced how things change contextually like that within us and around us that's not that's not new and I think sometimes our task lists do buffer us from something that this step wants us to move into when we can when we're ready when we're willing and that is a big big dreaming space we have these lives that have a lot of outside a lot of outside goals built into them we get these guidelines and these markers for success and they kind of go along the lines of, I mean, they're said directly and indirectly to us through marketing and, and through self-improvement and self-help. And again, I'm not trying to dunk on all this stuff. I'm just trying to talk about how things can work in concert with us and then sometimes against us. It's not a good or a bad thing. It's just the gradient can change. The movement can change a little bit. So I think we all have this experience where we ex- we have these guidelines that come up that are like, if you just obey these steps, you know, uh, eat this way, walk this way, organize your day this way, um, say these things, have these thoughts, empty your mind, whatever. If you just live like, fill in the blank, then fill in the blank good thing is going to happen to you. And you can tell whether you're doing life right or doing life wrong based on the results you're getting. They're either good results or bad results. And, I mean, this can be a helpful framework at times to consider, but it's just not very nuanced for the complexity that we are as a human being as human beings and, and as just complex as we have to navigate and experience in our daily lives, things are just not as, as black and white and as right and wrong as we would sometimes like them to be, or as these guidelines and goal oriented kinds of frameworks would lead us to believe We, we can feel this insulation to continue to try to follow, quote-unquote, the path or do the right thing. Even if we feel like we're screwing up a lot or we're making mistakes or we're failing, if we just keep trying at certain tasks and certain behaviors, in an effort to hopefully get it right, it can feel safer than the more beautiful and monstrous invitation that lurks under this step would have us feel. And that is, what is the wild, untamed, uncorseted, What if? Unpredictable, capital C creative thing howling on the wind for you to go try or do. What's kind of waking you up at night or nipping at your heels or kind of buzzing around your being that's saying, hey, try this. Hey, do this. Go ahead. Try it. It's like a coaxing. It can, it can feel like an insistence. It can feel like you're being bugged or annoyed. Like what, what is that wild call outside of yourself or inside of yourself that is saying, go there, try this, put this on, make an attempt, go explore, what if... What, it, what is that voice? The thing that does not, it, it will not pick up a pencil and, and write itself down in your calendar. It won't, it, it, it won't sync up with your cow. What is that voice saying about what you are wanting or needing to do next? This is where we encounter Another dimension of ourselves and the sacred. This is where something of our existence speaks a language that is really different from our day to day lives. This is where our wild soul gets on roller skates and it just starts going five streets ahead and it starts going, come on. You said you wanted to join that improv group. There's something at the community center, go do it. Hey, you always wanted to call that person. You've had great little short conversations with them before. Go ahead and ask them if they want to have dinner with you or if they want to take that pottery class with you. Go ahead and um, book that trip. Go ahead and start putting pen to paper and write that book that's been gnawing at you. Tie on those sneakers. Go on that hike. Go pick up that computer. Write that code. Design that game. Draw that digital picture. Pick up your charcoals, your fabric. Make an attempt at this thing that you want to see made or fabricated. Go to that community meeting. Stand up and ask your question. (sighs) Enter this larger space, this larger space that is the universe and this larger space of what it means to be you. Go step outside of yourself. Go step beyond the horizon. Go into the unknown. That's what this sacred voice starts to say. That's what our inner sacred starts to say to us sometimes. And it won't ever pencil any of these ideas into our calendar or just into our phones. It's going to speak to us in sometimes a freaking nagging voice a nagging presence that won't leave us alone it's going to ask a lot of what ifs why don't you I wonder could you it's going to frame things like that and I just I don't think I'm the only one here I know I'm not the only one here and I just wonder if you feel this way too I don't know what to do with invitations like this all the time I don't know how to tell the sacred, wild, the untamed soul that is just this wild, almost reckless part of me, this thing that doesn't follow any guidelines and doesn't care about outside measures of success and failure. It doesn't care about obedience, it only cares about embodiment. It wants to try, it wants to attempt. This is, this, this wild thing, this mystery, this loving presence, this expression of the sacred, and this part of like me, I I don't, I don't know how to always respond to these invitations. Because one of the things that comes to my mind when I hear them, when I do the practice and I Feel this little nudge or this howl on the wind, like just like the borders of my my life. Like if there was like a if my life was a picture, that kind of lone <laughs> lone wolf on the horizon. Oh, you know, like howling out into the void. That that part of my life, if I was a book, that was a penciled in uh, marginal note by some outside author, I, that voice, that not played by the rules, not fit in to the paradigm thing, um, it comes with such subtlety and at times such force that I find my responses to it are often like, how could I do that? I don't have any skills to do that. Or, you don't know what you're talking about. Someone like me could never do that. Or, that's impossible. Or, I'm not allowed. And those are all things that the wild voice, the sacred presence, my soul, it wants to hear more about why that is my response. It will sit for a long time and query and question. Why is it impossible? How do you know you can't do it? Have you even tried? What's underneath, for me, a lot of these immediate responses to this untamed, sacred howling and pencil-writing, marginal idea-generating stuff What's underneath my responses of, no, that'll never work, and I can never, and it's impossible. What's underneath is a deep fear that if I were to dream big enough to go do one of those things and really get my hopes up, that something could be healed or it could be expressed or it could be embodied or it could be attempted that maybe um, well maybe it would all come to pass like my wildest dreams but maybe I would be unrecognizable to myself or to others afterwards maybe like I wouldn't fit in or No one would really know me. Like, maybe this big dream, this big what-if would fundamentally change me in a way that I don't feel like I'm ready for. I mean, that's a massive existential thing to kind of creep up. It's like, I don't want to deal with a thought that big or a potential that size. That's, That's big. This is a Wednesday, for God's sake. I don't have time to be thinking about what if I go do a thing and I'm fundamentally transformed into just somebody who kind of is so really different that, you know, like, I'm not me anymore. And my friends don't recognize me or something like, who has time to think about that? I don't. So I just push it away. And just I get this wild idea, this wild invitation of what to do next, this thing howling, on the ridge of my life, this thing penciled in to the margins of my story. And I just push it away because I don't have time to think about the possible transformation that that could yield. It's it's too frightening. It feels too big. The other thing is this fear of what if I get my hopes up about this thing and it doesn't happen? And I have to experience another loss, another moment of despair, another moment of de- being demoralized and just sad. I say back to the sacred wild, this, I say back to God, to presence, to source, to spirit who's saying, come try, let's adventure this just a step jump in the water's warm my soul is running ahead like like a dog off leash just it's barreling with with the universe ahead yes let's go try this thing and and the rest of my humanity human gen is just back here going no i don't want to dream that big don't you guys know what will happen Don't you know if I get my hopes up again and it's one more failure? I can't take one more failure. I can't take one more rejection. It's better to play in bounds. Stay in the lane. Be safe. Loving Presence, the sacred, and my soul want to hear a lot about that response too. They want to hear why I am taking this paradigm of success and failure from kind of my task-oriented life, do this and this good thing will happen, do this and this other outcome will happen, whatever, and applying it to something as uncorseted and unpredictable and creative and wild as this invitation. They want to hear why I'm using the language of success and failure in a space like this. They want to invite me to unlearn and unwind that. Because here is what the sacred tells me and what I've heard my own soul speak of after over a decade of doing this kind of reflection. What they say is you need the provision and the nourishment of dreaming in wide open spaces internally and externally. You need to build the courage of getting your hopes up. You need to be open to the unknown and a big vision beyond your own imagination. You need to play. You need to be inspired. You need to attempt to try your hand at, to wonder, to be in awe, to be surprised. You need to be in a space of dreaming and imagination and freedom and creativity because that is how and where all of the practical and pragmatic things actually get seeded and born. That's where some of the solutions or some of the connections or some of the missing pieces get found. And that kind of dreaming, it just doesn't measure things in success and failure the same way our so-called regular lives do. And what the exam and practice tells us, wow, this is kind of making me cry. I cry at everything. I think it's because I'm 50. I don't know. But, or maybe I just cry at things I find beautiful. That is true also. What the examine practice says is, do you see that there is space? There is space in you, in the universe, in life. There is space with the sacred to tend to the ordinary, the practical, the meeting, the patience you're going to need for the meeting, the errand running, and also the 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 on-the-edge-of-the-universe-dreaming. There's space for both. The sacred honors the fact, in my experience, honors how scared we can be at getting our hopes up how dangerous it can feel to dream far outside of the bounds of what we know to be success or failure to imagine ourselves outside of the guidelines and the descriptions and maybe even restrictions that have been put upon have been put on us by others, by circumstance, maybe by ourselves. Spirit is not, in my experience, never saying, you're such a dummy, you shouldn't be afraid of anything. I don't know why I would use a Matthew McConaughey dazed and confused voice for that, but so be it. Um, (laughs) Spirit isn't passing judgment on the fact that we're wondering if we dream big, if we're going to become something totally different. Spirit isn't saying, our wild soul is not saying, God, you're so tedious and boring. No, no loving presence in us and around us is saying, you shouldn't ever feel afraid. You shouldn't ever feel uncomfortable in your vulnerability. There's no dismissing of the human experience, no mocking or belittling of the human experience here. It is scary to dream big because what if it doesn't work out? Or what if it does and then we're just so different? That's the kind of thing that... um, That's the kind of thing that's really real for us as human beings. And the practice respects that. The practice is asking you to pause and, and notice if this is something that's going on inside of you. The practice is asking to, for you to listen to your left brain and your right brain, your task list, and your wild, untamed dreams. It's asking you to listen to your rationality and your context and your responsibility. And it's also asking you to listen to the animal of yourself, the belly of your being, the tidal waves of your spirit, the wind in your own soul, It's asking you to tune in to next steps and intentions in a far greater context than just your ordinary daily context. And it's asking you to do that without demeaning or putting down your ordinary context. It's asking you to see how the two feed each other, rely on each other is asking you to enter into a place of mystery, of being willing to be called towards something that you don't really know how it's going to turn out or even what it is calling you but that you're willing to go some steps to try to listen and consider it. This is a step, where are you going next? What are your intentions? That is, like I said, completely practical and also full of adventure, full of adventure. There's going to be something knocking on the door of your soul, pushing at your heels, pushing you forward. There's going to be something inside of you that's just stirring and drawing you towards something and you you can't hold yourself back from it. There's going to be this kind of edge of the universe and and the sacred will be sitting there with you and you'll be dangling your feet off the edge together and you'll be able to put your arms around each other and you'll you're going to be singing into a void and into this cauldron of creativity and just mystery. These are all the things that I hope for in the world. This is what I would love to see born into this universe. These are my wildest dreams, my biggest hopes for myself and for others. There's going to be this invitation to sit and dangle your legs off of the edge of what feels like your existence and to sing out and speak out your wildest dreams with loving presence. And that is practical magic. It's not going to go into your iPhone or your calendar, this invitation. It's going to come through your body and your senses. It's going to be a feeling. Don't be afraid if there's a feeling of dread that comes, too, because getting our hopes up and dreaming big is scary stuff sometimes as a human being. I... Why do I do these podcasts and get so excited and then I get kind of serious and I feel like I end something that I love with this like serious, <laughs> serious note, like somehow we've just entered into this heavy space. I, I am not wanting to frighten you or make this sound intimidating. I just want to I just want to honor like the Loch Ness monster in this step. I just want to honor the mystical beast. The the creature. The wild force that is the sacred and also our soul. This untamed mystical kind of just un- indescribable uncontrollable creative works on its own time period has its own shape and body and rhythm than almost anything else in our daily life i just want to like acknowledge that this beastie this gorgeous loving animalistic sacred (sighs) presence is in this step it's lurking in this step in a beautiful way, it's lurking. It's tiptoeing. It's crying out. It's singing out. It's howling out. It's marking in your story in the margins. It's there. This step says, hey, okay, this is, what, this is where you've been. This is how you're feeling now. Hey, what's next? What's on the docket for you next? That's how the step appears. Just as calm and cool and collected, like somebody with a clipboard and a sharpened number two Ticonderoga pencil, just so on the ball. And you are going to be invited into the very beautiful practice of, like, well, let's see what is on the docket tomorrow. It's this and that and something else, and I love that and I hate that, and this is how I want to approach it so that I'm a little more prepared. And that's just great. It is great. I'm speaking a little condescendingly, not because I'm trying to belittle it, because I'm just trying to say something is going to jump out now. Something is now, after you get done with that tasky part, is going to start to rumble. And you have probably already felt it before. But when we do this practice, we make room to hear This sacred rumble, this sacred beast, this sacred presence with its wild, untamed ways. We make space to hear it on purpose. And here is its entree. Here's where it starts to emerge from the waters of our day and our imagination and our humanity. It starts to come forth and say, what if you fill in the blank?" I, I like I said, I, we can't be in dialogue in this podcast. It's a one-way talk. I would love to be more in dialogue. But when I hear this invitation of what to do next, and it's a big, wild what if from spirit, from my soul, I do. I put the brakes on. I go, what do you know? Stop your yapping. That'll never work. You can't tell me what to do. That's impossible. I get like Luke in Empire Strikes Back with Yoda. You expect the impossible. I, I really push back. But if I'm being very honest with myself, and if I'm being very honest with Sacred, and if I'm being very honest with you, friend, who is listening with me, alongside me right now, What's underneath my resistance to these big, wild ideas is my fear. And spirit wants to spend time with that fear. Wants to learn more about it. So that I can really enter into horizons and next steps that are beyond my fear. I think spirit is always inviting us beyond our fear but through our fear. That's one thing that I mean when I say everything speaks if you listen. The horizon is speaking. The margins of your day is speaking with an untamed voice, with a wild what-if invitation. It will rise up and seep through. It will pencil itself in. It will push its way through the doors of your life but when and if you say not yet how could you it's impossible when you put your hand up and go no that wild animal of love will pause and say tell me more about this this step all on its own is a journey and adventure it's absolutely beautiful I have been pushed in my life from this part of the examine in ways that I cannot hardly describe to you in unexpected, beautiful, provoking, and challenging ways. I've, I have made myself vulnerable to get my hopes up over and over again and have experienced disappointment over and over again, but I have still received some kind of beautiful experience even in those seasons. Of my wildest dreams not working out. The journey's been worth it. The adventure has been worth it. I tell you, if you listen to all of these episodes about the examine, it comes across that one examine practice takes like 10 hours. <laughs> Why would you want to do this? It's going to take you 10 hours a day. It doesn't. This is all Anamkara Right, this is all f- soul friendship. This is being a soul friend to ourselves. This rhythm of this conversation, this spiritual practice, it does become taking like taking a walk and take, riding a bike and, and kind of just even unloading and loading the dishwasher. It, it becomes a fairly ordinary rhythm in conversation. The work and the results and the fruit that gets born from the exam and doesn't necessarily happen in the moments that you're doing it. All of these things um, bear out in time through the rest of your day truly the only practice the practice only takes anywhere from one minute you maybe 15 could be 20 or 25 you know it's super flexible but the more you do it the more you notice these underground invitations these wellsprings um, these sea beasts <laughs> that emerge and reveal themselves to be spirit and your soul ushering you to new places new frontiers in your life that are crying out to you and it's it's been my experience that it's been it's been worth it to me to make time every day to just be willing to listen to them yeah Okay, so that's what it means to look ahead. <laughs> I, hope, um, I hope this made sense. Before I close, I want to um, ask you some questions super quick. Maybe you can um, email me at jen at com. I'll put the email link in the show notes. Would you be interested in maybe some small group work where we do the exam together over eight weeks, maybe two months, where we get to talk about each step and then kind of I can lead you through a reflection and maybe um, one hour a week for eight weeks. Would that feel good? And you could keep a journal of your experiences and see how the practice works for you. Would you like that, um, that accompaniment and that, that soul friendship. Would you like to get to know the practice in that way? Um, Would you like also to know more about some of the other tools and just little stories of the human experience that I have available to you? Um, Like I said, I have a free mini book that I would love to share. You can get it by signing up for my newsletter I'll put the link for that in there too it's just a free 10-page coloring book to help you see this practice from another light try it out yourself and then there are resources and card decks and other things that um, let you try on this practice in different ways and in I think things in ways that are more just relatable to everyday life and if that feels right for you check out the links to those as well but yeah let me know if you can if you have the time and space to um email me and and say like hey this this kind of say eight week practice together would be something that I'm interested in let me know that because I would love to offer that if if I if I knew that you wanted it and needed it all right that's it go wander. Go listen to your wild soul. Go listen to the Loch Ness Monster of the sacred. Go hear the wild howling on the edge of your life. The edge of my life right now has a windblower and it doesn't feel that mystical or beautiful but I think probably there is a sacred invitation deeper and bigger than that if I get quiet and listen to it. That's my practice and promise to myself too just to make an attempt today to listen to that that roaring howling marginal voice calling me into adventure and I hope that you're listening to it too because you have a beautiful rational mind with a lovely set of tasks that need and want your attention and you also have this wild untamed soul that wants to adventure And your life can hold both, is designed to hold both. These two aspects of our humanity, of your life, are actually very good friends. They are not at war with each other. Not in the least. All right, friends, until next week, where we're going to wrap up the exam. And we're done. That's it. We'll never talk about it again. Not really, but we are wrapping up next week, and then we'll move on to other stuff. Take care. Take care of those that you love. Take care of your neighbor as, as best as you can. Take care of yourself with loving devotion. And I will see you in seven days. Thanks again for joining me on today's podcast of Everything Speaks If You Listen. I really appreciate your time, your energy, your engagement, and if you liked or loved this podcast, it would mean a lot if you could rate it for me, give it the old five-star review or the thumbs up or whatever your application asks you to do to say, I like it. And then if you could share it with a friend or family member that you think might vibe with it also, that would be great. I deeply appreciate the care towards the admin part of this kind of stuff in relationship, as well as you just tuning in. If you'd like to know more about me and my work, there are links in the show notes. You can visit me at JenCobbleWorks.com. Hang out and talk to me on Instagram at CobbleWorks or sign up for my newsletter where there are some stories and free comics and art and self-reflection worksheets given every month, and lots of fun, deep email exchanges between me and you, if you enjoy that. Thanks, friends. Take care.